exploring faith journeys and sharing inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God. You are listening to The Cumberland Road. I am your host, T.J. Melanowski. Reverend Rebecca Prenshaw is a member of Presbytery of East Tennessee and is sharing her gifts of ministry and music at the Knoxville First Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Rebecca takes me on her faith journey, which includes a Billy Graham movie, song lyrics, music, quotes from some books she is reading, and some meaningful scriptures. I even learn an acronym for the word FAT. That's right, F-A-T. You are listening to The Cumberland Road, and here is my conversation with Reverend Rebecca Prinshaw. Hello, Rebecca Prinshaw, and welcome to The Cumberland Road Podcast. It is nice to meet you. I, this is the, our first time to really be able to sit down and talk and and uh, thank you so much for your willingness to be on the podcast and share your journey of faith. Hello, TJ. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate your invitation and I appreciate your work on your podcast. I'd like to begin our conversation with where did your journey of faith begin? Can you trace it back into the past? Was there a pivotal moment? Well, yes, let's see. Just how far back am I going to go? But um, <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I, uh, I was saved as a child. And interestingly, it was, it happened through a Billy Graham evangelistic movie that uh, I attended. I know my mom and brother and I attended. Uh, My dad was, um, we were going to meet him because uh, he was in Louisiana at that time, but we stopped at my great aunt's house and went to this movie entitled for Pete's sake. Okay. And, and, you know, I don't remember the movie at all. Um, but I do remember that, um, at the end, I was just overcome with this emotion that I could not explain. And, um, and I believe it was God calling me. I actually, uh, went went down and and uh, was prayed for. So my journey began early. Well, let me. I let had me. the understanding of a child that you know what the understanding you can have at nine years old of. Oh, okay. You know, I, I was I was going to ask you a couple of things. Uh, where did you see the movie? Was it in a movie theater at a drive-in or church? And then how old you were? Uh, it was in a, it was at a movie theater. I believe I was in like fifth grade. Um, and I would like to maybe rewatch that movie at some point to see, you know, what, what it was. 
Yeah. But that that was a, a beginning point. That was a beginning point. And um, you know, <laughs> I've been in various stages in my life. You as as a Christian, I've been in, in the growing stages and I've been in not growing stages. Mm-hmm. Um but that was the beginning. I would actually mark that moment. But as a, an adult, I was very, very hungry uh, for the for the word of God. And that happened in the, the early 2000s. And I was baptized as an adult again. But um, I felt led to do this as an adult. I think that was another maybe... Uh, it was another marker in my life for sure. And that was in the uh, early uh, 2002, actually. So what was happening in your life for this uh, revisit or this deepening of the faith? Well, I was in a very uh, evangelical church, um, a very Bible-believing church where the word was preached in power. Mm-hmm. And I was very, I was, I, I experienced a really, a real hunger and a thirst for the word. And, and I was a young mother um, and wanting to raise my sons uh, in a, in a home that where they would know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, a song that really uh, was really speaking to my heart, and this will date myself, but, um, <laughs> you know, it was by Stephen Curtis Chapman. It was called God Follower. And I have this here. It says, my heart is restless as I wander through this jungle. The trees above refuse to let the sunlight through. And somewhere deep inside, I hear the whispered longings that tell me I was made for more than this. Mm. A blinding flash of light falls down into the darkness. Slowly, I notice strange new markings on the trail. The crimson drops are calling out to me, come and follow. I am the God who made you. Let me show you how to live. And the chorus is, I want to be a God follower. I want to go wherever he leads. I want to be a God follower. I want to walk the trail he's marked for me and be a God follower. So the last verse is, when I reach God's place, I will look into his face. And then I'll look for you. Will I find you there? Can you say with me, I want to be a God follower? Um, It was very, very meaningful to me and um and that began another part of my journey actually and it was part of the journey where i uh began seminary (laughs) (laughs) okay so let me let me catch up so you you're a mother and you're deepening your faith uh, wanting to be that follower as the lyrics from Stephen Curtis Chapman's song. And then you begin seminary. What, what were you pursuing 
in seminary? Was this a calling to ministry? Were you just exploring? Were you expanding your education? Kind of bring me into your mindset uh, during that time of your life. Oh, that's a good question. I think it it could have been all of those things, actually. Um, I did feel as if I was called to be a minister. Um, but I was in a church at that time that was very full of the Word of God. But that particular church, which was not a CP, but that particular church weren't very friendly towards women's giftings. Mm. Um, no women were in, no deacons or elders, no no female deacons and elders, um, much less preach a sermon. That, that wasn't really happening. So I was pretty bewildered by kind of what I was feeling. And it wasn't, oh, uh, what the church actually believed, and I'm I'm a very traditional person in, in <laughs> most areas. Uh, so I wasn't really, uh, I just didn't know exactly what was happening, but I did feel led to, I really kind of wanted to go to seminary, and, and I felt uh, crazy, really. In fact, I... I was not going to spend any of my family's money on going to seminary. That was just too much. So you have these layers of challenges, this calling towards ministry to go and attend a seminary, but attend a seminary without encumbering your family financially. Okay, I'm really interested to see how Rebecca overcomes these challenges, and let alone being very involved in a congregation that wasn't recognizing gifts of ministry and leadership in, with women. Good question. <laughs> well, interestingly, again, I mean, you could say coincidentally, but I don't really say that. Uh, there are, or I call those God wings, maybe. God wings. I have not heard that before. Ha you have or haven't? No, I haven't. Oh, yes. I call those God wings, those coincidences that are just like, well, can you imagine that? I call those God wings. So distance learning was just becoming a thing that seminaries were thinking about. Mm -hmm. There was a seminary that of course this denomination would would have would appreciate had some of the same philosophies of this denomination mm -hmm. um, that wanted to bring their seminary and offer a class at our church. Well I was like, oh, I just wanted to do that. I was so, you know, I was just like, that seems so awesome. <laughs> but yet, I didn't want really anybody to even see me go in and talk to this person because I, I just felt like I was losing my mind. And I, I don't know why I was going to seminary. It seemed crazy. 
Um, but I, I talked to the, the uh, representative from the seminary. And I asked him about scholarships. And he said, well, you, you know, we might could, um, you, you know, you might could have applied, but I'll tell you what, do you like administrative work? And I do, actually do. I'm like, oh, yeah. He goes, well, if you will administrate this class, we will cover your tuition. <laughs> oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> so, and it was just a class. Mm. It was one class. So what was the class? Do you remember? That class was church history. <laughs> okay. And so you might imagine how overwhelming that class was. Your first introduction to seminary yes. and it's on church history. Yes. Um, so I did administrate the class. So I did start for free. You know, I, I started for free. And um, and it was church history. And it was, I was, I, I, now this is later in life for me. Mm -hmm. I've been out and I've been out of college. At this point, I have been out of college for 20 years. And I decided I'm going to take this seminary class and not knowing, and, and it was church history, <laughs> which, you know, it's, it's even more history than I know we have. <laughs> and it was, I'll tell you, I mean, I was uh, pretty overwhelmed with the amount of work and the amount of reading and the amount even of a project. I mean, this was like one class. And I was reading in scripture in Luke, and I've pulled it up here. One day, uh, Jesus says to his disciples, Luke 8, 22 through 25, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And so they got into a boat and they set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, master, master, we're going to drown. And that is exactly how I felt. And I was telling the Lord at my kitchen table, I am drowning. I am absolutely drowning. And he got up, back in scripture, he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. And I turned the Bible page as I'm talking to the Lord saying, I am drowning. And on the next page was, where is your faith? He asked his disciples. And I felt like he was asking me that. And I, I apologize that I, said, I don't have very much right now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really sorry, but it was a very good question. I certainly wasn't exercising any. Mm. 
And that was one of my first uh, stones of remembrances. You remember from the Old Testament that the Israelites were asked to collect stones and, and pile them up and they could tell their children and grandchildren, you know, what that meant. Well, um, I didn't, my stone of remembrance, and I have these around my house. It's not really a stone, but it is something that reminds me of that, that particular moment. And it is just a picture of, of, of Jesus sleeping in this boat that is in this terrible, terrible storm. And I just put a little plaque underneath it that says, where's your faith? And I look at that picture. I, I, I'm sorry that I, I do still have to look at that picture <laughs> and ask myself <laughs> that question. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yes. I but, remember. But isn't that a good question to have before us? Because it, it really is a question of relationship. Where am I in my relationship with God? Where is my, you know, the trust factor and the, and the belief and the leaning? And, and I don't think it's a question that we just ask once. I think it's a question that in, in our relationship with God that it is to continue to, to ask. Well, that, I'm I'm glad you do. I mean, I do. I do. Mm. And I had a quote uh, recently, um, and it's in this book, Transforming Prayer by Daniel Henderson. And I want to read the exact quote. The hardest thing, he, he writes, the hardest thing about the Christian life is that it is so daily. And... Mm. I, I agree with that. It is yeah. it is daily uh, living the Christian life, and I would like to say, well, I got that faith thing down now, and uh, but it is so daily. Daily, we make choices. We're asked to make choices. Mm -hmm. We do make choices. Um, in faith or not. So <laughs> right. I do believe our. Our walk is a daily walk with Jesus. So we, you, Rebecca, you, did you make it through the class? Your first <laughs> seminary class, church history. I, I did. And um, I actually made an A in the class. And when I found that out, I literally did this. I opened my door. Of, in my house and shouted he has done more than I thought he could <laughs> <laughs> and that goes to uh, the, a verse in Ephesians 3 20 and 21 now to him who was able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us and that, of course, is his power to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations 
forever and ever. And that verse just became alive to me, especially after the class. I, I just was a little overwhelmed and I was very overwhelmed. And, and that was my first class with me still not all the way sure why I was even there. <laughs> uh, but that was probably 20 years ago. And, and um, he has been um, very, very faithful. I, I wanted to share another story that happened at some point in this journey. Again, in seminary, it was, I went to Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I could not, well, let me backtrack a little bit. So I took a few classes at the church that I was attending when I first started. Mm -hmm. um, but but my, our theologies didn't, didn't quite match. There were classes that women weren't allowed to take. And um, so I ended up, so I, I started seminary free, but I, I, I didn't end all the way free, you know. But. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So it was uh, at this point where your relationship with this particular congregation and your calling to ministry, uh, they began to part as you were exploring more deeply your call into ministry. Yes. And I actually had a uh, my first opportunity to preach was to actually preach came about 20 years ago again in 2002 i mean like it, it there was a wind blowing for sure <laughs> um and i had this opportunity to actually preach which of course i was very very anxious about of, of course of course <laughs> yeah i'm very anxious about it and i i I did with, with God's help. Everything is, everything is with God's help. Mm. But I had such joy. I had like this joy of, I couldn't even, I could, it was so much joy that I could not, I, I could not, this, it was just, just an unbelievable joy that I had. And it was soon thereafter that I knew that I, I would probably relocate myself to another uh, body of believers because I didn't, I couldn't really submit to that leadership uh, because of all this joy I had. I mean, I'm sorry, they didn't really have confidence in me or in God, but I, I had to go on, I guess is what I would say. How tough was that decision? Oh, it was very, very hard. It was very, very hard. But I knew that um, I, I'm as if you're a member of a body of if you're a member of a body, a church body, one must be able in, uh, to submit to the leadership of the church. And and if if you find that you cannot, then it it probably is time that you know, God is moving, you know, I can say that really calmly now, but, um, no, it was very, very hard. 
But as a compliment, I hope I hope you hear this as a compliment. As a compliment to the uh, pastor of that church, he preached me right out of his church. I believed what he said, <laughs> and I had to go on. It is a compliment mm-hmm. to the teaching at the church, and so um, I I had to go on because. I had kind of wanted, and this is another thing, you know, I kind of wanted the, that church's approval. And a lot of times when God is giving us our dreams or, or, or calling us to certain things, we really aren't to look for the approval of people. You know, it's, it's his approval that we want. And I wanted the approval of those that were in that church, and I, I'm sure I got some of their approval, but it was it was time for me to go. And there there is something about having the affirmation of faith from the community of believers. You know, you're feeling and you're exercising these gifts within you, and the community that's surrounding you should be able to affirm and point those out and foster those. So uh, I do have a question as we're living in this moment in time of your life. As you were leaving this one body of believers, did you have another one kind of in sight or did you go seeking? What did that next step look like? Well, I wanted to stay in the denomination I was in because the the denomination was a little more friendly to women than this particular church in that denomination, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. So I went to a a, a smaller church in the same denomination and um, kind of meant to stay on the back row. And um, that's harder to do <laughs> than to say, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to, I was a a real active volunteer in this earlier church. And so I was, you know, I, I was going to stay on the back row, just kind of be there. And, um, uh, and of course, you know, the Lord, he's just an amazing, he is just amazing. We can tell him kind of what we think we're going to do. And he, he knows it isn't true, but, and he moves us to do, I think what he has planned for us to do when and and so it it was his doing i will say that this this smaller church they had they had lots of they they had confidence in me that i didn't have interesting they really really did and i'm i'm very thankful for this small body that um just ministered to my heart and the pastor there too um and and they helped me become Rebecca. Now that is my given name, Rebecca. But growing up, I I was called Becky growing up. Okay, and just for uh to interject here, before Rebecca and I got started. Uh, recording, I asked, do you prefer to be called Rebecca or Becky? And she goes, oh, well, there's an interesting meaning behind the question. And I said, oh, wait, don't tell me if you want to share it later. 
So this is the moment that you went from Becky to Rebecca. So thank you for letting me interrupt you. Absolutely. Yes, I, I wanted to be Rebecca because, um, I, and I love that name. That is my name, mm-hmm. you know. And Becky, of course, was a nickname. But uh, soon thereafter, I was in two. I was going to go to campus for the first time. A lot of my seminary classes were online, but in two thousand six, I went to campus for the first time. And Becky had a lot of fear. And Rebecca, every time I heard someone call me Rebecca, it reminded me that I was a new creation. Hmm. And I would hear that and remember, right, you know, uh, that I am a new creation. Um, God is with me. Uh, He will uphold me with his righteous right hand. And this little congregation, they made it happen. They called me nothing but Rebecca. And I actually became Rebecca. And I have been Rebecca for 20 years. Every once in a while, people, someone will call me Becky, but I know that they they haven't known me for a while. Okay. You know, when I, if I go back to Greenville, where I grew up, then uh, I do hear that. but. But I am Rebecca now. And as an aside, they, this little congregation made that happen. They made it happen. And interestingly, uh, we were listening, my husband and I were listening some years ago to a tape of our wedding. We didn't have a video. That, that was just coming in at that time. Mm. But I did weep when I, when I heard that um, Rick married Rebecca. We had used our official names, and so I, it just made me weep. Uh, I've just grown into it. I, it took me a while to grow into it, but that body, they were definitely a part of that transformation. What is happening in your faith journey as you are transitioning from Becky to Rebecca, you're finishing up your schooling, and you are experiencing and living into the calling of ministry for you. What are you feeling? What what is what is changing beyond just your name? Well, I hope. <laughs> I hope I was. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a tough question and take your time. Think about it. Well, I hope I hope that I was. Uh, but about that time, about when I graduated, there were some very uh, sad circumstances for that small church. Mm. And I was seeking ordination in this other denomination. I haven't even made it to, to CP yet, but I was seeking ordination in another denomination. And in and, and that door was it was not opening easily. And 
I also was fairly tired because I had I had been in seminary and as you know, it's it's intense sometimes. And I was I was tired. Um and I didn't it just that door to to uh, ordain ministry was not opening. And I actually thought that, you know, my that you know, my dream was over. That that was just I I don't know that that dream it was over and I, I I stopped actually I stopped seeking ordination there it was just like okay I'm done I I, I just I'm really tired <laughs> uh, but I do want to encourage anyone who might be listening if if you have a dream I I just read this from Rick Warren and he writes God typically takes your dream through six different stages. I've seen him do it countless times and in my own life and the lives of others. And these are the stages that he listed. God gives you a dream. You decide to go after the dream. Step three, your dream is delayed. Stage Step four, your dream encounters difficulties. Step, step five, your dream hits a dead end. And that's actually what I, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but step six, God delivers your dream. Mm um so it was really you know it it kind of hit a dead end uh I graduated uh very uh sad circumstances concerning this smaller body and uh, my dream was over and it wasn't long until i I would say the Lord led me to a, a Cumberland Presbyterian Church in a, in through music, through music. Actually, you have uh, the gift of music, and uh, let, let's stop there for a minute and and talk about. So you're able to, uh, you you correct me where I'm wrong. So you're able to play the piano, but can you play the organ as well? And are there other instruments? I play the organ a, a little. Okay. Um, I I can I can play. My instrument of choice is piano. Yeah. All right. So you have this gift of being able to play the piano. How does that tie into a Cumberland Presbyterian church? <laughs> well, this particular Cumberland Presbyterian church, uh, a friend of mine went there, and my dream had hit a dead end. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, hey, our, our church is looking for a substitute pianist. Which congregation, which congregation is this? Are you, you ready to it, tell? It was, it was at, uh, it was at Loudon, Loudon. Okay. And I uh, looked them up on the internet and I actually fell in love with their building and the church. I mean, the building is a beautiful white building. It has a little window of a circle, a circular window. And it's, stained glass it's a very pretty church i fell in love with it on the internet which i know that had to be god who who does that you know but i went out there and i was going to be a substitute pianist and there were all these people there and they they asked me if i would take the pianist position which i said i would not because i just graduated from seminary and i mean i i could have done that before i graduated (laughs) Uh, but they asked me if I would help them out uh, mm-hmm. through Christmas. And I I said I would do that. 
and uh, actually I helped him out for at least seven more years, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, that's that's quite a stint for volunteering. (laughs) Well, well, this, this had a little pay to it, but, um, the, the, uh, they had, and, and the timing of this, you know, God's timing is so perfect, but they had a, a Presbytery meeting that was coming to their church mm. that weekend when I uh, said I would help them out. So I did uh, tell them that if they wanted me to play, because that's a big deal when Presbytery meets at your church, if they wanted me to play, I would, I would help them out for this mm. um, Presbytery. Did you understand the, uh, the concept of Presbytery business meeting and yes. okay because um i was in another presbyterian denomination before okay. and actually i had told god i wasn't going to attend any more presbyterian meetings ever <laughs> because of, of of that door closing to my ordination it was just like okay i'm done with that <laughs> uh. well so we go to this presbyterian meeting and i'm just going to stay there and i'm going to play the music and then i'm leaving of course and um and it was the church was very very full, so we pl- I played. It was great. Singing was very very good. I was on the front row because I was playing the piano. Mm-hmm. And what happened at this Presbytery meeting? At this particular Presbytery meeting, which I is this is so God. Is a woman was ordained in that meeting, and I told God that He was just showing off he was showing off <laughs> that, that still hadn't convinced me uh, but it was very it was very significant and I, I was greeted with much warmth there and a love now let me interrupt you you are the first person i know i mean there isn't in others out there that was drawn to the cumberland presbyterian church through <laughs> its presbytery meeting through its business meeting Usually it's quite the opposite of that. It's like, I don't need any more meetings in my life, but God probably does work in mysterious ways. And this would be one of those situations. Yes, I, I, I would say that um, the people, the, the actual building and the people of that church were the big draw. And then God kind of shows up in the presbytery meeting in a in a, a profound way to me but you know where i've been and based on where i've been mm-hmm. and um it was soon after that that um i was asked to attend a study school class and i'm like well what what are you all studying and they said well, well we're studying the our confession of faith and so i was like well that sounds like something i might want to know and and it was perfect uh i have found the cumberland presbyterian church to be a very good fit for me and my theology and uh very very thankful i mean the lord led me there because i didn't know much about the cp church mm-hmm. um and and actually, I became ordained there in 2014 and served as their associate minister uh, for music, and 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 very much enjoyed it. And and that was the stage six. God delivered my dream, and <laughs> I I didn't know it would. Um, I I had no idea 
that it would come to fruition. Another stone of remembrance. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I have, I have, uh, like I say, I have, I have several of those um, that help me remember. I do believe that God calls us to remember. Mm. Uh, of course, the communion table says, remember, remember, you know, on it. But he calls us to remember. He knows us. He knows us um, because we are not sometimes good at that. And I feel like that he wants us to remember his faithfulness. Um, and, he, and he really just wants us to remember. And so, you know, just doing this podcast is, is a joy. It's, it's, it's helping me remember uh, his, his faithfulness. Rebecca, as, as someone who has been very close to God and has experienced maybe closed doors and then dead ends and then closeness again and affirmations for somebody who is wondering about the very existence of God and even having a relationship with them, what words would you share? What expressions would you use in letting another person know that God is present in the world today? I would, I would um, tell them that he is very real. He is love. He is full of love. And I, I guess I would tell them the good news that, you know, that, that he has paid the penalty for our sin on the cross, but he has risen. And well, we serve a living savior um, and that he is able and he is able and he woos people. And I think when people start asking questions, you know, you know, God, God is Aslan, Aslan is on the move. <laughs> um, I, w- I would say that begin the journey. He'll hold you. And I, I think we as disciples of Christ play a role in that as well, to be able to journey with others and with yeah. that person as well. Excellent. So, so folks don't embark on a spiritual quest or they have someone that they can throw questions at and doubts and, yes. and be able to know that it's okay to have the doubt and the questions and moving along in a relationship. And when you begin a new relationship, there's all kinds of questions. Yes. I think that uh, I would uh, try to be authentic. I think authenticity is actually missing from the church. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think that God works through authenticity. Uh, So I would, I would want to be authentic and you know, personally, personally, this is kind of one of my prayers. I always, it's, it's to be fat, that meaning faithful, available, and teachable. I think that we as believers, <laughs> we, I desire to be teachable uh, because, well, all of that, faithful, available, and teachable. And I hope I would be faithful, available, and teachable by anyone who is coming to me with any of these questions. All right, you have me laughing here. 
because it's quite the opposite of you've given me a new meaning towards fat. It just seems like a, a word that society and uh, that we tend to run away with or, or definitely look down on. And here you are, Rebecca, going, no, I want to become fat. <laughs> Faithful. 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 Available. Available. And teachable. And teachable. All okay. three of those together. Did you come up with that on your own? I hadn't heard it before. No, I didn't. I've, I have heard it before, but I'm not sure where, but um, <laughs> I have heard it before. All right. Well, thank you for sharing um, it. I did have a scripture I want to share. Maybe it's, um, we're probably winding down. Oh, please go um, ahead. But for anyone who is listening, who is really, um, ha- has a dream in their heart, follow- following God in their heart, with their heart, I want to share this scripture. Because in some point of my overwhelmingness of seminary and other things of life, I asked God if he would send me a note. I I had just sent someone a note of encouragement. And I just said, Lord, I need someone to send me a note. Uh, Please, I need a note. I need some words of encouragement. Well, I didn't know that that he would send one. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt like I got the note uh, from him at my kitchen table. And it comes from Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. And this is what it says. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Interesting. So that's good. That was my note of encouragement that is available to everybody in Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. (laughs) Rebecca, we've talked quite a bit about um, where your faith has led you up to today. So before we close our conversation, what are you doing today in terms of ministry? And the second half of that question is, is where is your faith journey taking you next? Well, you have some good questions, TJ. Um. Well, we've been through this pandemic, which has been hard. It's mm-hmm. been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're kind of been living for two years and you're not sure you want to be around anybody, uh, it's a different place. But I've been, I've had a little spark recently. Uh, and in reading this book, It's called Transforming Prayer by Daniel Henderson. Uh, The subtitle, How Everything Changes When You Seek God's Face. And it has sparked a little renewal in me um, after this pandemic. Uh, Right now I'm involved in in, um, uh, uh, teaching this at my church. 
and we have quite a few people involved in it, which I'm really excited about. Um, And it is, it is about transforming prayer, learning to speak the face of God as well as his hand. And, and um, it's, it's really, that's how the Bible, that's how the Lord's prayer is structured. You have worship and request, you know, and this is kind of what this book talks about. I'm also involved in the music at, at, um, um, Knoxville first, which, which is a, which is really, really good. And I, I do, I speak, I preach as invited. Okay. I know when the pastor's gone at this church, I, I preach and, and I have, uh, got a, a preaching opportunity in Greenville and I got a preaching opportunity, um, in, in North Carolina. Uh, so I, I preach when that door opens. All right. All so, right. Where do you and think? That is just a great a miracle of. Uh, I, I had a picture taken on Easter Sunday, of me in a. I, I was I was preaching, so I had my robe on, and I was holding my two granddaughters, or two of my granddaughters, and that picture to me is was evidence of God's faithfulness. Because I, I didn't have that picture 20 years ago. I didn't know if it would ever happen. Um, so God is faithful. Persevere. Absolutely. Yeah. This uh, 2022 is um, an anniversary year. Another stone of remembrance in in your life, Rebecca. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, folks wanted to reach out to you, and be a part of your faith journey moving into this year and in into the the coming years where would you like to point people to well um i'm i'm uh, i don't use social media that much um good for you <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, well i do have a facebook account <laughs> facebook page but um, i i would hey give me a call i'd, I'd love to talk to you all right. And and folks can find you at the uh, Knoxville First Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And you share your gifts of music and ministry there, as well as other places as needed. Yes. Rebecca, it's been a privilege to get to know you better and to hear your faith journey today. Thank you for Thank sharing it. Thank you, TJ. I appreciate the opportunity and I appreciate you helping me to remember God's faithfulness. And thank you for teaching me new acronyms uh, <laughs> like FAT, uh, Stones of Remembrance, Stephen Curtis Chapman lyrics, <laughs> and uh, being able to hear, hear God working through you and the, the opportunity, the ability to share it with others. It's quite a privilege. And thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. Grab a friend and travel with me on the next journey down Cumberland Road.